BYU Cougar basketball is back in action. Pass picked off by CJ for Big three. Shot. Yes! And the Cougars take the lead. Top of the key three for TJ Haas. Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU basketball fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, the BYU Cougars continue play in the Maui Invitational as they face the fourth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. What a victory for the BYU Cougars last night. If you stayed up late, you were certainly rewarded for it. BYU beat UCLA 78-63 and advanced to the winner's bracket to face Kansas tonight. Now, BYU hasn't faced Kansas since back in March 20th, 1993, when the Jayhawks beat Mark Durant and the Cougars 90-76. to More on that coming up when we have our courtside conversation with Mark Durant. The Cougars used impressive shooting and big games from Jake Toulson and TJ Haas to take down the Bruins. Listen to these numbers. BYU shot 62% from the floor and 50% from three. Toulson led BYU with 20. Haas, after a slow start, finished with 15. And Colby Lee had 13 points, one off his career high of 14, which he had two weeks ago at Houston. After controlling most of the game, the Cougars would actually trail in this basketball game 52-51 with 11-19 to go in the second half. From that point on, it was all BYU. The Cougars ended the game outscoring the Bruins 27-11. to Now it's on to the number four team in the country, Kansas. The Jayhawks took care of Chaminade easily, as you would expect. 93-63 was the final score. Kansas had five players score in double figures, led by sophomore guard Devin Dotson's 19. Now speaking of 19, that's... What leads Kansas in scoring by Devin Dotson, he averages 19 points a game. But as is always the case with the Jayhawks, they have players at every position that can hurt you. And specifically at the center position, that would be seven-foot center Yudoka Azabuku averaging 13 points and nine rebounds. He also shoots 79%. And when you are that big and you are that dominant, there is no reason to step away from the basket. The Jayhawks as a team shoot well from the floor at 52%, but they aren't great from the perimeter. Regardless, BYU will have its hands full with one of the best teams in the nation. For more on tonight's matchup, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, kind enough to catch up with assistant coach Nick Robinson. And Coach Robinson discussed how everything came together last night for the Cougars. Yeah, the opportunity to be able to open up here in Maui uh, with a win uh, against a good UCLA team uh, was a great uh, opportunity for our guys to be able to get better, um, you know, through the game and in the game. And to uh, finish it the way that we did was uh, really fantastic. What do you think uh, carried you guys through in the final 10 minutes in particular? You know, I think the execution of the game plan uh, throughout the game, but especially when it came to crunch time, uh, we had a a couple of situations where we needed a big stop. It's a one-point ball game, I think twice. uh, One at about the 10-15 mark and the other one at about, you know, 8-ish. And we got those stops. We got the rebound. We went down and got a score. Um, But the guys were able to make crucial winning plays on the defensive end as well as on the glass. 
Coach Pope talked post game about how much guys trusted each other uh, down the stretch. Yeah, and offensively, you know, guys were willing to make the extra pass, were willing to, you know, keep their dribble alive to be able to, you know, make the extra pass to find great shots. Uh, and then again, defensively, right, uh, and rebounding wise, we did a great job of trusting our, you know, our training, right, and really executing the game plan which we had from the start of the game. And to be able to do that in crunch time was big for us. It was the effort of a collective, but there were a few individual performances that I think stood out, especially as the game got tight and late. And it seemed that uh, that TJ, uh, the level of his game, uh, elevated, and 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 the team carried off of it as a result. Yeah, I thought that TJ did a great job of sticking with you know uh, his toughness, right? I mean, he, he made a couple of defensive plays, and he had one big time box out, um, you know, which really sparks our guys collectively. And then obviously at the offensive end, you know, he, he's been making plays like that his entire life. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, he struggled a little bit, but uh, you know, he saw that ball go in from the free throw line, and then was able to make some other plays for guys. And um, you know, Jake obviously had a big time pass, uh, you know, in the second half to TJ on a cut, uh, which was a big play for us. And, uh, you know, on the extra passes the guys were willing to make, uh, you know, really with Dalton's three in the corner and, and uh, the great execution coming out of a timeout uh, where uh, we had a triple screen and TJ uh, knocked down a big three. Uh, again, you know, just great execution from our guys, uh, you know, down the stretch in crunch time. And it's something that they've been trained to do for many, many years. Right, and we were be able we were able to benefit from it last night. Yeah, clutch three point shooting from a bunch of guys, and that Dalton three in the corner that kind of felt like the one that put you over, kind of like the dagger. Yeah, I mean Dalton hit one to start the game, and yeah. uh, he hit one to kind of you know end the game for yeah. us, and so it was uh, uh, you know it was great. But again, both of those were products of great ball movements, uh, you know, and guys being willing to you know trust each other. Okay, three games in three days. Uh, you know the drill when these things come around, and, and uh, Kansas is next up for you here tonight. Yeah, Kansas is a fantastic basketball team, right? They recruit at the highest level. They're coached at the highest level. Uh, you know, they've got great players, um, you know, that are, will come and, you know, be a, you know highly intense on defense. Uh, they've got a great inside-out, you know, option for them. And uh, it's going to be a really tough matchup for us. But, uh, you know, the one thing that our guys have consistently done game over game as they've come out and tried to execute the game plan, and they've gotten better each game. So, um, you know, we're putting that together right now, and we'll, uh, we'll have to come out and execute it today. What would you isolate as maybe the uh, the biggest challenge or two when trying to confront what Kansas likes to do? Well, I think Kansas right now, you know, across the board, you know, physically, right, is longer than us. They're bigger than us, you know, but uh, the mental toughness that we're going to have to bring to this game to be able to execute, right, offensively and share the basketball and trust each other. And then defensively, you know, really similar, right? I mean, they pose, you know, some different threats that we've seen, you know, all year. And we're going to have to really, you know, do things together throughout this game to be able to be successful and ideally this game should make you better right one way or the other absolutely I mean looking at our schedule to this point you know the opportunity to play you know one of the best teams you know if not the best team in the big 12 um, you know at this stage of the season is only going to make us better Um, and so we've got to be able to come through uh, you know whatever adversity hits us and fight through it and uh, we'll continue to get better we were sitting courtside for that first game ahead of BYU last night the KU game against Chaminade 
that place got loud, packed with Jayhawk fans, and then BYU comes in, and, and BYU fans kind of ran the building, so it should be a great environment tonight. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, you've got, uh, uh, you know, the Rock, right, with the Cougars, and you've got the Rock Hawk Jayhawk with, <laughs> uh, with Kansas. Uh, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to it. Coach Robinson, thanks for the time. Best of luck tonight. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you to Greg Grubel and to BYU assistant coach Nick Robinson. I do want to make one correction, and this is something that uh, sometimes game notes are great. By the way, I'm not. This is not a. This is not a commentary on game notes, uh, but sometimes you just got to go with what you know. Yudoka Azabuki is his name. The game notes said it was pronounced Azabuku, which I did not think was correct, but I figured Kansas's game notes would know better. Yudoka Azabuki, which is what I thought, and I was correct, and I shouldn't have gone away from my own thinking. Thank you to Coach Robinson and Greg Rubel. Coming up on the other side, we will head to the Lahaina Civic Center for our courtside conversation with Mark Durant, but not before I tell you that this season, BYU Basketball and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each three-pointer BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $50 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Mark Durant from Hawaii coming up next. Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's Jason Shepard with more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. How about we head out to the Maui Invitational, the Lahaina Civic Center, and join former BYU basketball superstar. He's still a superstar. He's just as a former BYU basketball player. You hear him on the broadcast with Greg Rubel. He is the radio analyst for BYU Hoops, and he joins us now. It's our courtside conversation with Mark Durant. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm a superstar. You are a superstar. And you know what? BYU played like superstars last night. That was a fun game. And we talked before last night's uh, matchup about the opportunity that was in front of BYU. And they took advantage of that and picked up a really big win over UCLA. What was your biggest takeaway from that game? Well, I agree. I mean, it was super fun to be here and, and watch it. And the way it ended was I mean, that, that was really one of the top fun moments for me in this tournament you know my history and BYU's history that, that to see them play well because like like I told Greg last night you just don't want to just get invited you want to come and have memorable wins things you can talk about for many many years so your whole life really as a player so I was happy to see the guys get that and I thought UCLA was a team that they could have a, a really good chance of beating and uh, I like the way they came out very aggressive played very very hard I, I love the effort from this team they played with confidence UCLA hung around, which you would expect, but just when I thought UCLA had kind of turned the corner, and we saw this, you know, with Houston, you and I doing that game, get, get them getting yeah. back into the game, and and the momentum was just kind of leaking on BYU. And I thought, and I, I turned to Greg, I said, I, I don't like where this game is going, and from that moment on, BYU was just dominant. Shows shows what a judge of momentum <laughs> I am, Jason. But it, I think TJ was certainly a big part yep. of that. His he kind of transformed his game right in the middle of that half, which was pretty remarkable to see. And whatever he did was really, really good. And the team rallied behind him, and he got the other guys involved. And everybody made big shots and got the got the defensive stops and the rebounds. It was it was just a, a really fun uh, game to watch. Just period, but to have it be in this tournament against UCLA that was pretty cool. Well, and it goes to something, Mark, that we talk a lot about, especially with this team. 
and I think it will it will bear out even when Yoli comes back, but especially right now, shooting, shooting, and more shooting. To expect 62% from the floor and 50% from three every game is probably not realistic, but when BYU shoots the ball well, they have proven to themselves they can win ball games. That's a good three-point shooting team. I mean, you take TJ, I think Greg tweeted this earlier, take TJ out of the equation. He has struggled from the three-point line. This team's shooting, uh, what, 42% from the three. You've got a lot of guys shooting upper, you know, mid-upper 40s. They, they can shoot. And then uh, uh, this, this gym is a shooter's gym. These gyms are soft. The, the rims are soft. And so if you can't make shots in this gym, I don't know where you can. A year ago, or the last time BYU was here in the second day, they played Chaminade and Chase Fisher made 10. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that, this, is a, this is a good shooter's gym. So TJ hit a couple, and that will hopefully give him some confidence. But everyone else is just kind of clicking along. Dalton hit some big ones. Alex Borsello hit a huge one uh, in in transition. And, of course, Jake Toulson's a great shooter. And there's just no question about that. He, he can light it up. So that, that poses problems for for a lot of teams, if you if you're playing against a team that's shooting, you know, 40, 50 percent from three, you're going to have a hard time. And even Kansas, I mean, if BYU shoots 50 percent against Kansas, they'll win. I think uh, Kansas, unlike unlike UCLA, where BYU outscored uh, UCLA in the paint, that's not going to happen with Kansas. I mean, they just have too many giant, um, unbelievably talented guys. Yes. But the equalizer for BYU could be the three-point line. So. If somehow they can manage to, to match those numbers from yesterday, they'll have a really good chance against the fourth the best team in the country. Last night on the broadcast, you and Greg were referencing the fact that the last time BYU faced Kansas, it was a game that you participated in. For, before I ask you what you remember about that matchup, do you remember your stat line? I'm going to see, how, I'm gonna see how, how much your recall is. Do you, you remember anything about your yeah. stat line from that game? Uh, well, I don't think it was very impressive. I don't know how many minutes I got. I, I think I started, but the, I have I, it I all for it, you if you're curious. Uh, a couple four points and just a couple a couple rebounds, probably. <laughs> well, you're right on. You played 14 minutes. You went two of three for four points, two rebounds, two assists because you like to get your teammates involved. Yeah. One steal because you're a defensive monster. But here's the thing: three fouls and three turnovers. Well, you try and guard Ostertag and Rex Walters and Jacques Vaughn all day long. Those guys are. I was. I, that's the only. My only defense was fouling people. So yeah. uh, that's usually how it went for me. Those <laughs> numbers, sadly, are right par for the course. But that was my first year back from Michigan. We had a really good team. I mean, really good. Gary Trost, Jared Miller, Kevin Nixon, Nick Sanderson, uh, Russell Larson, Randy Reed. I mean, that, that was a good team, and we were in that game just down a couple four points with five minutes to go feeling like we were going to win it and of course players always think they got you know wronged by the referees we had a couple really bad calls go against us that opened it up to eight or nine for kansas and then you know it was one of those things we're fouling at the end trying to get back into it and they ended up winning pretty good but really five minutes ago in that game it was a toss-up and uh, so we, we had a really good team in the second round there and i remember we, we probably would play jason kidd and cal the next round i mean that that, that, that was a fun tournament very good team and cool to play against those guys. Say what you want against uh, uh, about Ostertag for the Jazz. He was really good in college. Just a beast, big guy. And then Rick Walters had a big game. And like I said, Jacques Vaughn, that was a good Kansas team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this is a really good Kansas team. They're the number four team in the country right now, one of the premier college basketball programs. And you touched on it. I mean, look, when, when you are Kansas, you have your pick 
of the best college basketball players in the country, and they certainly have a lot of those on their roster. What are your overall thoughts on this Jayhawk team? The thing that jumps out at you is their is their size. You know, Azabuki or U or EU, U, Jason. Azabuki, like we all thought it was. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best in the country, and uh, I was impressed with McCormack. He's a big guy, 6'10", 268, just a sophomore. I mean, that, that, that that's the thing is the size. I'm watching Dayton and Virginia Tech, and they're both really good teams, but they don't have the, the size. And what, the thing that just smacks you in the face when they come out to warm up for Kansas is just their size and athleticism. It's going to be so hard to get points in the paint. BYU did a nice job against UCLA. UCLA had good size, but it's going to be a different story with Kansas. They're likely going to dominate the paint, dominate the offensive boards. So BYU's got to make up for that somewhere, and we talked about it already. Got to shoot the three well. Got to rebound as best you can. Real team uh, team effort rebounding and, and try and minimize the pain you're going to get in the paint and then maximize the pain you're going to inflict from the three-point line. Because of how difficult you would expect it to be in the post, do you think Colby Lee's role changes at all tonight? I, I'm mostly worried... You know, you talked about that game with Kansas. We were undersized a little bit. But I remember playing Clemson the first round of my tournament uh, my freshman year, and it was just me and Steve Schreiner. They had Dale Davis and Eldon Campbell. And you just have to play so hard to keep those guys off the block and try and frustrate good big men that I picked up like three fouls in five minutes. And uh, I'm like, ref, look at me. My arms are tiny, and you're saying I fouled Dale (laughs) Davis? Come on. So I worry that uh, you could get Colby or Dalton in foul trouble because they're just going to have to play so hard physical to keep them off the spots they want to be. They could get in foul trouble early, and then you don't really have a lot of depth uh, with the big men. So that, that could be uh, a problem. But I, I think I think Colby can still be somewhat successful, but you've got to know there's going to be no easy shots. If you think you're open, you're not. You've got to always pump fake. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's going to be hard for him to have a lot of offensive success, but he's a big body, and that, that's that's really what you need against a team like Kansas. I have been really impressed with Alex Barcelo to start this year, and obviously Jake Toulson had a massive game, and TJ played well after the slow start. I would like to see, and certainly within the offense, you don't want to see guys going rogue and taking bad shots, but I, I am impressed with the type of player Alex Barcelo is. I wouldn't mind seeing him get some more shots. I, I think he does need to be more offensive-minded. He was not at Boise. He was a little bit better against UCLA, and it made a big difference. Both he and TJ, though, I think that they need to, and, and this is happening. You can see it happening from game to game. They need to be more focused. They're, they're both so good off the dribble, getting in the paint. Earlier in the season, you see when they get in the paint, they would force shots and miss a lot of shots. What their primary objective would be is to get in the paint looking to pass. And you saw that with TJ the last 10 minutes. You're seeing it with more with Alex. But it, it just creates so many problems defensively when a guard gets in the paint because then big guys have to come up and help. They're, they're behind on their rotations. Then if you kick it to a big man or you kick it to the perimeter, the, the, the defense is behind. You make passes around the perimeter. All of a sudden, you have an open three-point shot. BYU was earlier this year has just been too hyper-focused on dribble penetration and throwing up a shot. The dribble penetration should not be to score. Every once in a while, you'll get a layup, 
but it should be just to break down the defense, set up other people for shots. And I think both TJ and Alex are learning that. And when they do that, the offense looks really good, and you have those high three-point numbers because you're getting open looks. Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen and Orm proudly present keys to the game. Mark, what are your keys to tonight's game? Well, I would say, uh, <laughs> I mean, the key for me will be the first five minutes. Uh, you're playing against Kansas. Sometimes you get overwhelmed. Right. And I, I think if BYU comes out aggressively and able to, to be in this game after five minutes, they'll be settled down enough that, uh, that they're going to at least have a chance in this one. So I'm going to say if BYU is within a couple points after five minutes, uh, that'll be a big key. And then, of course, we've talked about the others, three-point shooting and limit the damage on the boards for, for Kansas. You know, Mark, I think that's a great point, and I don't think that that gets brought up enough in terms of the mental side of things. BYU can't go into this saying, we're taking on the number four team and be completely overwhelmed by that. You have to go in believing, and, and I certainly believe they feel that. So I, I think that's a massive part of any opportunity against a team like this is believing that you can go in and play with them and then see what happens. And it's almost a little harder, Jason, in these tournaments, back-to-back-to-back game, because you kind of pump yourself up for UCLA. You get the big win, and then, I mean, you don't even have time to think about the next game. And so, and you might think, well, we, we, got, we got one, and it doesn't really matter if we get the next one. You've got to come out and attack and not be scared and just take it right to Kansas. That's the only way you're going to beat them is to play with no fear. That's right. Great stuff, Mark. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to this, and we'll hear you and Greg coming up in a few minutes. All right, thanks, brother. You bet. After a quick timeout, other scores from over in Maui at the Maui Invitational, plus other top 25 action. We'll get to that coming up on the other side. It's BYU and number four, Kansas, coming your way in just a little bit on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's Jason Shepard with more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, earlier today at the Maui Invitational, two games are already finals. Michigan State defeats Georgia 93-85, and then UCLA coming off the loss last night to BYU takes care of business over Chaminade 74-48. So with those two wins, or excuse me, those two games being in the books, that means that tomorrow Michigan State will take on UCLA at 2.30 Eastern time, and then Georgia will face Chaminade at 7 o'clock Eastern time. The game going on right now between Dayton and Virginia Tech uh, has Dayton on top with a little under uh, six minutes to go uh, left in that one. And then obviously our game tonight, BYU and number four, Kansas. All right, uh, earlier today it was... Utah Valley in the BBN Showcase in Maryland taking on Mount St. Mary's. Wolverines fall by three, 64-61, Mount St. Mary's over UVU. All right, top 25 games going on right now. Number one, Duke with a five-point lead over Stephen F. Austin, 45-40. It was number 18, Auburn, on top of Richmond, 79-65. And then one game in the top 25 is yet to tip off. Number 21, Colorado taking on Clemson in uh, Las Vegas in the tournament at the T-Mobile Arena. All right, that is going to do it. Coming up on the other side, we'll get you over to the Maui Invitational at the Lahaina Civic Center for the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. (laughs) 
It's time to get the inside scoop on today's game. This is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank. For a financial slam dunk, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America Visa credit cards featuring triple rewards. Now, let's head back to the MoBetta's courtside seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar basketball fans, and once again, aloha, as we welcome you back inside the Lahaina Civic Center on the island of Maui for the final game of the day on the second day of play at the Maui Gym, Maui Invitational. Tonight, 4-2, and two, BYU taking on 4-1 and one and fourth-ranked Kansas in the second round with the winner on to tomorrow night's tournament championship game. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. My broadcast partner is the former Cougar hoopster, Mark Durant, who until last night was a member of the last BYU team to advance to the winner's bracket at the Maui Invitational. That 1992-93 team has now been joined by the 2019-20 Cougars who last night overpowered UCLA on the way to a 78-63 win and a date with the mighty Jayhawks. And uh, Mark, regardless of what happens tonight or tomorrow, what the Cougs pulled off last night has already made Maui memorable. So today, I'm with my family. We go snorkeling, right? Yep. Off Lahaina. I'm just snorkeling, doing my thing. I turn around, right about five feet from me is a giant sea turtle. Okay, that's good. I feel better. But I, I had a sea turtle encounter yesterday, and those are delightful and comforting. Oh, my gosh, and it was cool. Isn't it awesome? It was, it was surreal and uh, spiritual. Yeah. So the point is, snorkeling's really cool, but seeing a sea turtle makes yeah. it really super yeah. cool. So coming to the Maui Invitational, really cool. Beating a good team like UCLA. That's a sea turtle. That's a sea turtle moment. Yeah. You're gonna remember, you'll be talking about the sea turtle the rest of your life. And so that that's really cool. And, I'll, you know, already under Mark Pope, I mean, Houston and, and UCLA, those are two of my favorite wins. And we've been doing this 23 years. So it's fun. This team's fun. They play hard, which I like. Now you got a really cool chance to play Kansas. Who knows what can happen. But I just hope they come out the way they did at UCLA. Let's take it to Kansas. Let's be confident. Let's be aggressive. And and then if you lose, fine. But, the, you know, I think that's the approach you got to take. Just have no regrets about it, how you played and how you approached the game. And it should be a lot of fun this evening. All right. When we come back, we'll hear from BYU head coach. And, and if you get that one, that's like seeing Shamu out in the water. That, that's, the, that's a super memorable moment. <laughs> Mark Pope is next as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from the Lahaina Civic Center on the island of Maui on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For more with head coach Mark Pope, let's rejoin your host, Greg Rubel. We are back inside the Lahaina Civic Center on day two of the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. BYU and Kansas playing in the nightcap. Earlier today, Michigan State beat Georgia, and UCLA took care of Chaminade. Those two teams will meet tomorrow on the consolation side of the bracket. The winners, that is, Michigan State and UCLA. Chaminade will take on Georgia in the 7th, 8th place game. Tonight's BYU-Kansas winner will now take on Dayton. Dayton has just dispatched Virginia Tech by a score of 89-62. to good. Man. Dayton, hello. So tomorrow's championship game is high noon Hawaiian time. Dayton and either BYU or Kansas. Tonight's loser will meet Virginia Tech in the tournament's third place game, 6.30 Hawaiian time tomorrow night. Well, BYU's impressive win over UCLA last night. uh, Fully enjoyed for a few hours. Then it was back to work in preparation for today's showdown with the nation's fourth-ranked team, the mighty Kansas Jayhawks, a team loaded with all-conference and 
All-American players and a handful of NBA prospects. I spoke with head BYU head coach Mark Pope about tonight's challenge earlier today at the team hotel. And in our pregame interview brought to you by Zions Bank for a financial slam dunk. Zions Bank is for you. The head coach of the Cougs talks about the, the cram session it takes to get ready for a second game in two days against any team, let alone one of the top teams in the country. Well, our, our guys have done a bunch of prep work on all of these teams, so scout, the scout was ready to go as soon as the game was over. Coach Burgess has been working on this Kansas scout. Um, and so, we, you know, we had the scout up and running. Now it's just a matter of digesting the information and figuring out how much or how little information we want to actually distill into our guys. Um, and that's always complicated because the last thing you want is to paralyze your guys. You don't want them out there thinking. You don't want them out there trying to remember stuff. And so um, mostly in these tournaments, you kind of play who you are, and then you count on the experiences that, that you've had. So, you know, for example, there's a certain way that Kansas guards a certain action that is similar to a team we played earlier. And so we can, we can just it, – it can be that immediate, right? Hey, guys, we know that this is going to be the challenge. We faced it before. This is how we solved that riddle, and then we'll go back to that. So um, you kind of – you can't really create anything new – but you can call from past experiences and say, okay, this is something similar, and so let's go back to this. And I think guys digest that really well. Uh, incorporating new stuff, I think, is, 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 is concerning because I think it slows you down most of the time. How does KU compare to the UCLA team you played last night? Well, they're, they're bigger and stronger and faster and better. That's <laughs> just it. I mean, they are. They're just massive inside. I, I don't know if they're the biggest team in America, but they're pretty close. And, and uh, they're obviously, I think they're number four ranked team in the country right, right now. And, you know, they're undefeated minus, a, I think, a two-point loss to Duke yeah. in a neutral court. So they're clearly really good. I think they've won their last six uh, um, tournaments. Uh, so they've had some good success. Um, but, you know, we'll face the same challenges. I mean, it's, it's, for us, we're going to be a broken rapper. Can we... Can, can we rebound with a mob mentality can we really really guard in transition can we make sure that we're not giving up stuff in transition can we be smart in the half court and can we trust each other enough to move the ball and be forceful enough to actually move the ball in our actions so that so that we we become really difficult to guard what do you think could give kansas trouble tonight well uh they haven't been great guarding the three yet uh um you know, we feel like there's some life. They really, really protect the rim. They play in downs all night or ices where they handle ball screens uh, just by corralling and keeping the ball on one side of the floor. So it's a little bit of feeding into our kryptonite, right? If their whole goal defensively is to keep the ball on one side of the floor and not exchange sides, and our whole goal and what makes us function is, is can we actually turn it uh, and get to the yeah, second sure. and third side yeah. of actions. And so that's going to be, you know, if you're watching the game and you're, and you're interested, that's going to be a pretty good marker of how we're flowing offensively. If we can be forceful enough and physical enough to actually turn the ball, get attacking on the second side, and especially get attacking on the third side. How much could T.J. Haas' last 10 minutes last night play into how he proceeds moving forward here? Well, I, listen, T.J., you know, in a lot of senses, T.J.'s life has been a little bit unfair. He's had four different offenses he's run in four years, and he's managed to be an all-conference player all four of their years. What he's done in his career is, like, beyond compare. It's incredible. And sure enough, his senior season, he gets stuck with a new coach who's trying to do things a little bit different and asking him to do things he's never done before. And, and, um, and that's hard. It's hard to gain trust, and it's hard to believe. And you've had things that have worked before, and now you're being asked to approach the game a little bit differently. And 
So hopefully the biggest impact of the last 10 minutes is that there's more trust in what we're trying to do and trust in what I'm asking you and trust that it can actually work and, and um, trust that it actually makes him look like a better player, a more versatile player, a tougher-to-guard player, a tougher-to-scout player. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he keeps growing that way where, you know, uh, I mean, listen, Steve Nash was the MVP of the NBA back-to-back years, so it, it, nobody really compares to him. But, you know, I, I remember going into the games with Steve Nash where we're like, hey, you know, we, we, we have to – we have to stop this cat. We're going to bring a second defender every single time to a ball screen. He just tore us up. And then I remember going to game plans with the same team later in the season saying that didn't work. So mm-hmm. now we're going to actually force him to be the score at the rim. We're not bringing a second defender. And he torched us for 40, I think, 43 in that game. So that's that's ultimately that's the way I want TJ Scout to read as teams mm-hmm. are preparing for him. It's like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we bring a second defender or we just leave him alone because either way, he's just he's just killing us. Okay. Lastly, getting to the winner's bracket uh, opens up a whole different set of possibilities for your team this week and maybe even moving forward. How would it impact your schedule by the end of the year? For me, we're just trying to win games. we got Kansas sitting in front of us, and we're just grateful for the opportunity to go play. Um, and not grateful in the sense of, like, we're acquiescing or we're, 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 we're saying. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're grateful because this is why we worked all summer long. This is why we go through two days. This is why we do this. So we can play the best teams in the country and see where we are. And that's what we've done. You know, I was so proud of the guys last night because you could tell that this team is getting better, that we're growing, right, that we're learning and we're trusting and we're, you know, our focus on the glass was great last night and our defensive focus of the game plan was good for most of the game. and. Are, you know, we're just getting better in a lot of different ways, and that growth is never smooth and, and constant, but we're, we're making progress. Our trajectory is good, and that's what we care about. And part of the reason we're making progress is because we're playing a really hard schedule, and we're getting exposed, and then we're answering those things that get exposed. We're kind of, you know, our flaws and the places where we fall short are getting exposed, and we get, to, we get to see them and try and remedy them. So hopefully we get more of that tonight, and hopefully we do it with a win. All right, hopefully. Coach, thanks for the preview. We'll talk to you afterward. Thanks, Greg. That is Mark Pope and tonight's Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Coming up next, the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show live from the Lahaina Civic Center in Maui on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's almost time to hit the hardwood. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Tip-Off Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Also brought to you by Utah Honda Dealers. Now let's head live to the Mobetta's courtside seats and join Mark Durant alongside the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Aloha Cougar Hoops fans. We welcome you back inside the Lahaina Civic Center in the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui for BYU's second game in the 2019 Maui Jim Maui Invitational. It's a winner's bracket meeting between the nation's number four team, the Kansas Jayhawks, 
a fifth all-time meeting between these two programs, Kansas and BYU. First get-together since the uh, 1993 NCAA tournament. This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Grubel, Mark Durant with you from courtside. Statistician, BYU Basketball Media Relations Director Kyle Chilton, Jason Shepard, our studio host, our control board operator Tanner Rawl, coordinating producer Terry South, and our BYU radio engineer Barry Squires. Good to have you with us here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Mark, what a week for Mark Pope and his program. Back-to-back games against two of the biggest names in college basketball in the sports premier in-season tournament here in Maui. Last night, it was UCLA, and BYU bounces the Bruins with a commanding closing stretch. Tonight, it's another basketball blue blood, the Jayhawks of KU. And Mark, you know what it's like to play Kansas in a tournament environment. You were part of that BYU team that uh, took on KU in the NCAA tournament of 1993, and that was at the end of the season in which BYU advanced to the championship game of the Maui Invitation. Yeah, that was a really fun year, good team. And you, you know, Kansas had Ostertag and Rex Walters and Jacques Vaughn. I mean, anytime you're playing against three NBA guys, it's going to be tough. We were in that game, had a chance late, then it got away from us last two or three minutes. But uh, And then here in this tournament, I mean, it's just such a cool tournament. We played Oklahoma, Memphis State, Duke. I mean, what, that, that just never happens uh, in, in your season. And well, I got to play against Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill, Thomas Hill, the Bobby Hurley, I mean, that's that's so cool. And BYU guys will be talking about playing against uh, some of these Kansas guys. I mean, they got multiple NBA type of guys on this team. And I always, I always regretted that we didn't have a little more time to prepare for Duke. It would have been fun to feel like we, I mean, we had like 14 hours to prepare for Duke. And it would have been nice to have a little more time. And obviously they're very good. But that, that was just a neat, neat experience. And now these guys are getting a chance. And when you win it, just makes it even that more special. So I just come up, they come out. I think they can compete with Kansas. Just come out, be confident, and compete, and who knows what can happen. We see every day in college basketball crazy things happen, and this team, if they can get hot from the three, can be in this game and, and actually have a chance. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I've seen a lot of neat things happen in this gym, and I'd like to see another one. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Kansas broadcaster Brian Haney as the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show continues live from Maui on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's head back live courtside and rejoin Brent Rubel. Back inside the line of Civic Center on the island of Maui for BYU and Kansas. Cougars advancing into the winner's bracket with a 15-point win over UCLA. Kansas getting to tonight by beating Chaminade by 30 a short time ago here in Maui. I spoke with Jayhawks radio broadcaster, play-by-play man, Brian Haney, about how another loaded KU team has reloaded after failing to win the Big 12 for the first time in 15 years. Up until last year, they'd won 14 consecutive Big 12 Conference titles, which is the longest stretch of conference dominance in college basketball history. And there was a burden of expectation. And I think last year's team, made up of mostly freshmen that are now sophomores, they carried the weight of that for the full five months. And when the streak was broken and the unthinkable happened, I mean, think about it. There's kids that are 13, 14 years old living in the Sunflower State that don't know anything but Kansas winning the Big 12, going to the NCAA tournament, and competing for Final Fours. When the streak was snapped, it was like, oh, my gosh. But then, honestly, the weight was lifted. Now they're playing freer. Now they have the motivation to start a new streak and set new goals for the national title in Atlanta this year. And I think that's helped this young group of Jayhawks. Did Coach Self view it in kind of the same way? 
I think he did. I, I think the streak had become larger than life. I mean, there were documentaries made, books written, all kinds of stuff. For those that are College Hoops fans in your listening audience, you know that UCLA and, and mostly John Wooden had the previous mark of 13 straight, and that was from 67 to 79. Wooden was only nine of those seasons, though. Self has done it all himself. And in that time, you think about some of the guys that have come through the Big 12, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Michael Beasley. Big-time stars came through, and yet Kansas was always winning. And I think even with Coach, the pressure was mounting. And so while the conference championships are great, of which we have 61, which is the most of any school anywhere, they want to be remembered by Final Fours and National Championships. And I think maybe just to get that burden off their back and now focus on bigger things has been a good thing for the coach and the team. BYU knows what it's like to be in a league with that kind of dominant team. Gonzaga does basically the same thing in the WCC that Kansas was doing in the Big 12. They do. I'm so impressed with Coach Few and the tradition he's built there. But honestly, I'm really impressed with you guys too. (laughs) I mean, watching you guys last night with Haas and and Toulson, I mean, you have the makeup of the type of team that gives Kansas fits every March. And I know you're not whole yet, and you will be in about three or four games, and you'll be awesome, but I think you're great already. And And I know our guys have a ton of respect for BYU. And so, yes, Gonzaga... We're very mindful of what they do year in and year out, but I think BYU is going to make a ton of noise this year in the conference. You know, we, we thought we'd get Michigan State at some point this week. Now that's not going to happen. Right. This may be the toughest game they play the whole tournament. So you believe BYU will have Kansas' full attention tonight? Oh, completely. I mean, I, I think uh, what I mentioned about this is the makeup of a you know, sharp-shooting team. It's fundamentally sound, plays great defense. These are the types of teams, if you look historically at who has ousted Kansas in March, mm. you guys have the makeup. So it's a little bit scary for our fan base, for sure. Where's KU really good right now, and what needs to tighten up moving forward, you think? It's a great question. I think this team has everything they need to have to win it all, with maybe the exception of a backup point guard. We lost a kid in, in August that left the program that would have been our backup point guard. Otherwise, it's the deepest front court in the country. However, Greg, they've not learned how to play together with two bigs side by side. It's, it's clogging the lane. It's taking up a lot of space. This offense has been at its best with four guards around one big. Problem is, Udoka, future first-round draft pick, Silvio, five-star recruit, mm-hmm. David McCormick, five-star McDonald's All-American, those three guys are three of your top six players. So you can't just banish the other two bigs to the end of the bench. you got to play well together. But Self wants them to play to their size more. If they do, they can impose their will on a lot of teams. But honestly, they haven't as much as they could early on. Give you one last name. I know you know it. Devon Dotson. He's going to be in the league next year. He's a stud. He could be an All-American point guard. But watching him against your backcourt, I think, is going to be worth the price of admission and then some here tonight. Lastly, if you saw the BYU game last night, you know that the Cougar Nation represented pretty well out here. But, uh, man, that KU game was loud for the Jayhawks. We probably had 2,300 of the 2,400. Uh, you know, they've gobbled up all the Chaminade tickets. This, this group, this fan base, they, they flock as well as anybody when it comes to tournament time and that kind of thing. And every four years, this is a staple that KU fans love coming out here. But I'm impressed with your fan base, too. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if folks just heard that roar in the background, but the Dayton Flyers fans are making some noise, too. Yeah, so there's some pretty passionate fans out here for sure. Well, great preview, Brian. Thanks for chatting, and uh, have a great rest of the season. Thanks so much. Big fan of your athletic department. Now meeting you, Greg. I'm a big fan of yours, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. right that is KU broadcaster Brian Haney. Time now for You Be the Judge, sponsored by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMindUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's your basketball trivia. The last time BYU played in the winner's bracket here in Maui was 1992-93. Who was BYU's leading scorer that season? The answer next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel. BYU and KU coming up here at the Maui Invitational. It's our UB the Judge trivia question. The last time BYU played in the winner's bracket here in Maui was 1992-93. Who was BYU's leading scorer that season? Mark Durant, what do you think? It's got to be the great uh, Gary Trost, I would think. Gary Trost, 15.2 points per game. Final words before tip-off next here on the new skin BYU Sports Network.